Hi guys, Paul here. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different uh, due to some scheduling issues and the uh, the big looming presence that is E3. Uh, a few guests that I had teed up kind of had to reschedule as a result. They're still going to be coming. They're going to be coming a little bit further down the line. We're going to get a new episode again in a fortnight as per usual. But in this episode, I thought I'd uh, take a step back and revisit some work that I'd done previously. Gamer School is a series that I've done for Player 2 for a little while now, and we've only had one series of it so far, and the second is well underway. And I thought it was a good time to revisit that episode because it was dedicated to the Mana franchise. And conveniently enough, there's some news relating to that franchise that's come out of E3. The trilogy that I reference in this coming episode uh, that was that came to the Switch in Japan previously is now available in the West. And there's a remake of the once thought impossible to access Seiken Densetsu 3 coming to the West as well. So what better time to revisit that franchise? Enjoy it. I hope you do. Please give me some feedback because I am working on the second series at present. I'll see you next time. Hello there, my name is Paul James and welcome to Gamer School. In this series, I'll be diving into the archives of our great industry and on a regular basis will deliver you a sequence of lessons focusing on one of the industry's greatest studios or franchises, notable for all they've inspired and created, for delivering incredible memories and having been leaders in shaping the industry into what it currently is. In lesson one, I'm here to talk to you about Seiken Densetsu, or as many of you may know it to be, the Mana franchise. As I will with every time we meet, Let's kick things off with our history lesson. The Mana series first debuted as a side story to the flagship, but then still quite small, Square franchise Final Fantasy, but quickly grew into something that had legs of its own. As stated, the Mana franchise was initially billed as a Final Fantasy companion, with the first title called Final Fantasy Adventure, but by the time the second title in the franchise emerged, Secret of Mana, all ties to the Final Fantasy franchise were severed, from naming, right down to thematic references, common characters, and creatures. Unlike the core Final Fantasy games, Adventure was not a turn-based RPG, in favour of a more action-centred approach. While still retaining many aspects of the core Final Fantasy formula, Adventure was more reminiscent of a traditional Legend of Zelda entry. A variety of weapons, experience, and GP can accumulate as a product of battling enemies in the field, while, as in further entries, the appropriate use of a particular weapon can destroy environmental obstacles. The foundations for the franchise had been set. Beginning on the Game Boy in 1991, Final Fantasy Adventure was just the springboard for what is to come in the franchise's future. Final Fantasy Adventure returned to the collective consciousness when it was remade and re-released in February of 2016 for the PlayStation Vita, iOS and Android platforms. Thank you. 
Secret of Mana is the game that kicked off the Mana franchise and the one that put the franchise right on the map. Seeking Densetsu 2, or Secret of Mana, released on the Super Nintendo in August of 1993 in Japan before gradually making its way to the United States and then PAL regions over the following 18 months. Secret of Mana is regularly referred to by many die-hard Super Nintendo enthusiasts as one of the best and most influential games of that console generation. Secret of Mana was applauded for its vibrant use of colour, enormous plot, and innovative ring command system, as well as its real-time battle system. Critics also recognised the game's impressive original soundtrack and customizable AI for your computer-controlled allies. A re-release of Secret of Mana arrived 15 years later on the Nintendo Wii Virtual Console before coming to iOS in 2010 and Android in 2014. Most recently, a remake has been released and came to PS4, PlayStation Vita and Steam on February 15, 2018. Seeking Densetsu 3. This 1995 release is a sore spot for many fans of the franchise. In some circles, it's referred to as the pick of the games in the Mana franchise, but many Westerners will never know that because the game never left Japanese shores. The cited reason for the non-release of the third Mana game was simply down to the fact that the game could not fit on the cartridges used for Western versions of the Super Nintendo. What players missed in Seeking Densetsu 3 was the first game in the franchise to introduce elements of non-linearity and the ability to choose three of six potential heroes to bring with you on your adventure, which resulted in distinct encounters and endings dependent on your chosen trio. All this on top of the three main plot lines and Seeker Densetsu 3 gave players an enormous amount of content to consume. An English fan translation was released in 2000 which has proliferated over the internet and allowed many Westerners the opportunity to play a game that would otherwise have been lost to the history books. For Western fans, the wait between Secret of Mana and the next fix would be an excruciating six years, and even longer if you weren't an occupant of Japan or the United States. Legend of Mana was the next game in the franchise, but if you weren't living in either of the aforementioned countries, then it was going to require some shady dealings with pirates in order to get yourself a copy. Legend of Mana released on the PS1 in 1999 and changed many things that fans of the franchise had come to associate with the IP. The game featured temporary sidekick characters that the player can recruit, breed or build as well as a weapon and armour creation and tempering system. This along with the divisive change to the way that locations were represented on the game's map 
caused Legend of Mana to not resonate like either of the previous two games in the franchise. Pal region players had been waiting a long, long time before they got their first post-secret amount of fix, but in 2003-04, Square Enix finally granted fans their wish, and it took the form of Sword of Mana, a remake of the original Final Fantasy adventure. While in many respects, Sword of Mana kept true to the core tenets of the original game, Square Enix took time to revitalise them to bring them to a new audience. While the story remained the same, a bit more meat was added to the bone, with it also being adjusted to allow players to play through the eyes of either the game's hero or heroine. The decision to have your ally character controlled solely by the computer was a contentious decision that to this day still doesn't sit well with many veteran mana players. What sort of mana did mark though was the first handheld release in the mana franchise since the original in 1991 with the Game Boy Advance playing host. More change to the formula was on the horizon for the Mana franchise with the release of both Children of Mana, a 2006-07 release, and Heroes of Mana in 2007, both arriving on the Nintendo DS platform. Both did very drastic things to shake up the formula, with Children of Mana being focused on randomly generated dungeons, while Heroes of Mana was a real-time strategy game in the vein of Age of Empires or Warcraft of the time. Neither game received much critical or commercial success with many fans and critics suggesting that the duo of games deviated too much from the established formula to a point where it lessened the quality of the experience. As if two games between 2006 and 7 weren't enough, but there were another two that also released in the same period. Firstly, there was Friends of Mana, a mobile phone entry to the franchise that had a fairly successful life in Japan until service was shut down in February of 2011. Dawn of Mana also hit the Japanese and American shelves in 2006-7, but was the recipient of the worst reviews of any game in the Mana series to that time. Dawn of Mana was, as always, praised for its visuals and music, but in this case was heavily criticised for its poor combat and annoying levelling system. Dawn of Mana would be the very last time to this very date that a Mana game released on a home console, and it would be a very quiet six years before the franchise re-emerged into the spotlight. Circle of Mana, which released for both iOS and Android, was a card battle game that tasked players with the responsibility to defend the Mana tree using cards that featured characters from Secret of Mana, 
Seeking Densetsu 3, and Dawn of Mana. By completing all the game's levels, players would collect the Sword of Mana and return balance to the world. Rise of Mana is the latest new entry to the franchise that saw release in Japan for iOS, Android, and PlayStation Vita. It's the closest in a long time that the franchise has come to its roots, but still played host to a lot of modern day customs, especially customs of the mobile platform. These additions included 8 player co-op and a free to play model with microtransactions. The reception to the game by both Japanese and Western fans alike was much more positive than in any mana game of the previous decade. Move ahead to 2017 and another mana game was on the way. This one was a collection of many games of the franchise's storied history. Coming to the Nintendo Switch, prospective owners had the opportunity to play Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana and Seek and Densetsu 3 all on one platform, all portably, all together. As of the time of publishing this video, there's been no further information revealed about this package, specifically whether or not it will be coming to international audiences. If it does though, it will be the first time that anyone outside of Japan can legally buy Seiken Densetsu 3. The collection arrived in Japan on June the 1st, 2017. The Mana franchise is one that's adored by hardcore audiences both in Japan and abroad. While the critical reception for each subsequent game has waned in the many years since Seek and Densetsu 3 launched on the Super Nintendo, there is always steady demand for more from the IP. From Rabbite to Flammy, Mana Spirits to the Ring Command system, there are many countless threads that connect each game in the franchise and ensure that it is still one of the most in-demand IP in an already bulging portfolio of IP at Square Enix. Many are hoping that it won't be long before we see this once great franchise reclaim its throne. So it's at this point that we'll take a quick recess, enjoy a break, enjoy some music from the Mana franchise, and we'll be back shortly with the mechanics and mathematics lesson.
Hello and welcome back, my name is Paul James and in this lesson we'll be looking at the mechanical and mathematical aspects of the C-Condensetsu IP. The MANA franchise has assumed many forms throughout its many years of existence. We've seen a variety of different approaches implemented at Square Enix, some that have paid off, and others that haven't. There are some elements however that have crossed the boundaries from entry to entry, some of those thematic, others mechanical, and it's those mechanical similarities that we'll be exploring in this lesson. First, let's look at the ways with which each entry is played. Despite the Final Fantasy name being present in its title, Final Fantasy Adventure was a departure from the established formula, namely due to its real-time, action-oriented battles that were more comparable to The Legend of Zelda than any previous Final Fantasy game. Secret of Mana is remembered for a whole host of reasons, but among students of the Mana franchise, it's remembered for the introduction of the Ring Command system, which enabled players to quickly access weapons and arms, as well as items, magic spells, and much more. Secret of Mana was originally conceived as a launch title for the Super Nintendo's CD-ROM adapter, but when conflicts between Nintendo and Sony led to the add-on being cancelled, it was condensed into a standard Super Nintendo cartridge, with many of the cutting room floor ideas emerging in future Square-developed titles. The Ring Command system re-emerged with the release of Seikendensetsu 3, but became increasingly less prominent with each new release from that point onwards. When using the ring command system, a simple button press would push you from ring to ring, but when in the desired ring, you would then use the D-pad to scroll through your options and quickly select the item you want to use or equip. Though not a part of the Mana franchise, the US-developed spin-off Secret of Evermore also took full advantage of the ring command system to much success. More than 3 million units of Secret of Mana and Seikendensetsu 3 have been sold worldwide. The next entry in the franchise, Legend of Mana for the PS1, still observed the angled, top-down approach of previous games, or the way that sidekick characters operated changed dramatically. Players had gotten quite used to their set trio, however in Legend of Mana, you would have to contend with one character who dropped in and out of your party, dependent on the mission you were completing, while the other was a choice you had to make between varying monsters, pets, and golems. Each weapon at your disposal had the ability to charge up special attacks for combat. These special techs were powerful abilities that when used, could damage one or many different foes depending on the weapon and special tech of choice. Legend of Mana was also responsible for the introduction of a landmake system, a mechanic better known for its use in the PS2 classic Dark Cloud franchise, but its history harkens back to the days of the PS1. The player creates the world by placing artifacts on empty square plots on the map. Once that plot has been filled, you can enter the land and begin to explore its contents. The strength of each land can vary depending on its presence of mana, something that can vary depending on where an artifact is placed and where it stands in relation to other artifacts. 700,000 units were sold of Legend of Mana in the game's first year of release in Japan, whilst it was also the top-selling game in America in its week of release.
with the 2003 release of Sword of Mana, a remake of the original Final Fantasy adventure, many changes were made. The game now featured two potential protagonists, with the one you opted not to choose becoming an ally from time to time. The game also pulled on many of the aforementioned elements introduced in The Secret of Mana, Seek and Densetsu 3, and Legend of Mana to make this remake into a game that is still relevant for the then modern audience. The ring command system, the day-night system introduced in Seek and Densetsu 3, and the ability to forge are all present in Sword of Mana, making it into the most definitive version of the original game. 277,000 units were sold in Japan alone in its first year on sale, whilst Western sales were also positive. Children of Mana leaned further into the multiplayer-focused aspects of Secret of Mana, attempting to flesh it out via the 2006 DS release. You can choose from four playable characters, each with their own strengths and deficiencies, and while the missions largely play out the same way regardless of the character you choose, each hero does have a few of their own unique quests to complete. While previous games had been your typical action-adventure game, Children of Mana assumed dungeon crawler form with each mission taking place in select locations as opposed to the open world map. The primary objective of each mission is to clear the dungeon of enemies, but each dungeon varies due to the decision to randomly generate each floor of each dungeon. To progress, players had to collect a gleam drop from each floor of a dungeon that when paired with the gleam well allowed for progression until you got to the final level and encountered a boss. The first signs of deviation from the beloved formula had begun to take effect. In spite of these changes to the formula, Children of Mana was still quite successful, selling over 100,000 units in its first three days on sale, and it continued to sell well from there. Friends of Mana was a mobile-only entry to the franchise that was a multiplayer RPG experience. There's little to be said about this entry, as it's been shut down and consequently is no longer available for players to access. It made up one part of the World of Mana series that included friends, children, and our next game, Dawn of Mana, a game that made the frankly foolish decision to incentivize players to grab and throw objects and monsters at their enemies in order to startle them so that you could then attack them. Dawn of Mana also implemented a grading system with everything being reset at the conclusion of a chapter, resulting in dissatisfaction with many, especially with the many other RPG elements having been removed from the experience. In spite of many concerns, Dawn of Mana managed to sell 500,000 units worldwide. The final two parts of the World of Mana series were further deviations to the formula in the form of Heroes and Rise of Mana. Heroes of Mana marked the first time that the Mana franchise entered the real-time strategy realm, using the Nintendo DS's dual screens to keep an eye on the overall battle using one screen and the other to issue commands 
and manage resources. The foundations were solid, but were failed by poorly implemented AI systems that would result in units making highly unusual decisions and taking equally unusual paths to reach their intended destination. And it was rightly slammed by critics for this. Heroes of Mana also failed to resonate with consumers, selling through a little more than 200,000 units worldwide. Rise of Mana is the most recent new foray for the franchise and despite being hosted by mobile platforms, did much to bring the franchise back to its action-adventure roots. Conversations could be different depending on whether you took on Angel or Demon form, while the game led heavily on 8-player co-op and microtransactions. An enormous success in its homeland with 2 million active players on mobile and 150,000 units sold on PS Vita, Square Enix discontinued the game as a free-to-play title in March 2016, seeking to release the game in a different form. Unfortunately, the game never crossed to Western Shores. Legend says the sword can only be retrieved by a knight when the world is in peril. With Square Enix recently beginning to roll out re-releases and remakes of earlier action-adventure-focused entries in the Mana franchise, this could be an indication that the IP is on the verge of a glorious return in the state that made it so popular. The popularity of Rise of Mana, as opposed to other deviations to the formula, suggests that fans are eager to play games from the franchise when they exist in a form that has proven to be successful. Co-op has always been a popular feature. The ring command system equally so, and when you add those to the impressive art, music and characters of the Mana franchise, it's not outrageous to think that a return to form is close. So that's a long break. Please enjoy it again with some music from the Mana franchise, and we'll be back with our final lesson, the literature lesson.
Hello and welcome back. Once again, my name is Paul James, and in this lesson, we'll be looking at the literary aspects of the Seiken Densetsu IP. While the stories of each manner entry differ, there are typically a few key themes, features, or familiar faces that trend across multiple franchise entries. Mechanically, the majority of entries in the Mana franchise have been real-time action affairs, a system developed by Koichi Ishii and further refined by Hiramichi Tanaka, while the Ring Command system featured prominently in Secret of Mana and the follow-up Seiken Densetsu 3, even appearing in the Secret of Mana spin-off from Square Enix US. There have been some elements that persisted over each and every franchise entry. Both the Mana Tree and Mana Sword have been a major presence in each mana game and often serve as significant plot devices. The mana tree simultaneously maintains balance in the world and is also the source of all magic, or mana, in the world. The Sword of Mana is the primary recurring weapon across the series, typically is the most powerful weapon at your disposal and has the power to destroy the source of all evil. Many recurring elements stemming from the Final Fantasy franchise have transitioned across to a variety of entries in the Mana franchise. These include iconic creatures such as the Chocobos and Moogles. This duo emerge in many of the earlier games in the franchise, serving as companions and even status ailments. Some characters have persisted across franchise entries. Watts, a blacksmith first introduced in Secret of Mana, was again cited in the PS1 entry Legend of Mana. Anthropomorphic cat sales merchants, such as Secret of Mana's Nico, have also persisted. Meanwhile, Flammy are a breed of flying dragon that often serve as your most efficient mode of travel. The Flammy were also descendants of mana beasts, mythical creatures destined to destroy the world, the mana sword, and then restore the world and begin the cycle anew. Last, but of course not least, is the Rabbit, a mascot of sorts for the franchise since its inception. The rabbit has been easily identifiable thanks to its limbless body, single tooth, especially large ears, and pink fluffy tail. There are a variety of different subspecies of the rabbit. These result in different colouring, as well as supersized super boss varieties and domesticated pets. And so with that closes the first lesson of Gamer School. If you're looking for any more content from myself, then please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. And please visit player2.net.au for a whole lot of my written content as well. If you want to catch me for any follow-up chats, then I can be found on Twitter at PaulJamesP2, where I'll love to hear any feedback you've got to improve future lessons. As for now though, I hope you've learned something interesting that you can bring to your next online discussion. But until next time, that's all we've got time for for now. Class dismissed.